Hello again, Dwayne Brummett here with Allie Alvarigo, SchoolOwnerTalk.com. Uh, Allie, uh, great to uh, see you face-to-face on the Facebook Live today, sir. Yeah, absolutely, and and on our B Live, which is also on our podcast, right? But our podcast is released at a later date, but yeah, very exciting. So how have you been? It's been a week, because I know last week you took care of everything, and I wasn't able to get on. Yeah. I was uh, I doing a uh, corporate training and uh, uh, self-defense training, so I wasn't able to be yeah. on. Um, you know what's interesting? I mean, it's I'm I'm working harder than ever, and when I say harder than ever, not you know like listen, hard work in the martial art business is nothing like what I'm used to when it was hard work when I own a landscape construction company. But it's hard work, none none nonetheless, right? So like when I owned a landscape right. construction company, I could shovel 22, 25 yards of dirt myself in a day or rock or, or whatever stone and build a deck. But you know, that I'm still tired and maybe it's cause I'm older and, um, but mental drain too is a lot, you know, like certain things, like I, I found that certain things could happen and I could literally feel like someone just drained my body of energy. Like maybe that's a form of sadness or being upset or depression. You know, like when something bad goes wrong, you feel like you have no energy. I have that happen. It's a midlife crisis for you. It's a midlife crisis for you, man. Yeah, it could be. That's probably why I bought a new car, right? That's what everyone calls it. I have a funny story. Check this out. We're, we're, we get together every Wednesday morning with my buddies um, to have breakfast and go over our tournament circuit. So um, afterwards, we're outside. And my friend has like a 19, I think it's like a 1932 Ford Roadster, you know, like the old style, like you know, open roof and the engine hanging out. So we're looking at the car. He just polished it. And an older gentleman, probably in his early 60s, late 60s to 70s comes up and he's like, ah, now this is when cars were cars. And he goes, yeah. uh, and, we're, and, we're, and we're like, we're sitting there appreciating. He's not like that piece of crap in the corner over there, that friggin' Tesla, that crappy Tesla car over there. And I'm like, that's my Tesla. You know, he's like, Oh, well, it's a piece of crap anyway. Like, you know, like he put his foot in his mouth, but then he wouldn't back down. But it was so funny. Like out of all the cars in the parking lot, he loved the old car my buddy owned and he hated my car. So we just talked and it ended up being a funny, funny morning. You know, we joked and he ended up laughing and going inside. But it's just interesting. Perception is everything, right? So back back to being tired. Yeah, I'm I'm tired, uh, you know, but I'm happy tired. My teacher would often say, you know, are you happy tired or sad tired? You know, and I'm a, a happy tired. I go to bed and. I sleep well, not like I'm worried and stressing and upset about something. It's a, it's a good tired, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, when you complete with what's on your list or, or at least knock off a lot of it throughout that day, you definitely feel a lot more productive. Absolutely, so. without a doubt. And I, I think it's about satisfaction, isn't it? I just recently, I've been a little addicted to watching Elon Musk, who owns Tesla, and he was on Joe Rogan. Um, who, who I'm not in love with Joe Rogan as a, as a, a you know, a interviewer, but some of the stuff he's, he talked about why he invented the Tesla. And he said, it's all about to enhance happiness. He says, life is all about happiness. He says, you know, you, you struggle for all these things. He says, but the Tesla was designed to make people happy. The silly little things that are in it, the conveniences that it has, the safety that it has. And, um, and, you know, I liked what he said, though, because it's, sometimes we're always striving to get somewhere, build a new business, yeah. you know, hire new people, make more money. And we're, as we're churning this kind of thing, we're sad and upset or stressed or frustrated or angry or mad because we're doing it, you know, and we're ignoring our happiness. So there's got to be a balance, which I think is very important. So we have um, a lot of cool to topic me. today. <laughs> What's that? That's what you're telling me. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, so, so um, what are your thoughts today? 
Yeah, so today I think we're going to talk about uh, developing bench bench strength uh, okay. for your school. We all started out, I think, in most cases, you know, a one-woman or a one-man show. And we couldn't do things alone eventually. Obviously, we, we, we had more students than we could possibly handle. So right. I think most of us, what we did is we, you know, used the upper belts to help teach the lower belts and so mm-hmm. on and so forth. And then when the industry came out with the leadership team, storm team, uh, whatever team, uh, you know, we implemented that type of thing. And really it was just a, a, a basically a glorified position because we didn't, we didn't really have a set way that we were going to develop those individuals, right? Right, right. And then right. some of those individuals picked up the information fairly well. They did good, and we decided, you know what, you're 16 now or 15 now or what, whatever age, 17 now, and, and now yeah. I can pay you, and, and you yeah. can be an instructor here. And, you know, unless you came from a a system, and I will say most most uh, organized uh, uh, organizations don't have a a system with regards to you know, you obviously have to do certain things to test in order to be an instructor, but but there wasn't these uh, tests that had to happen prior to being an instructor. Right. Um, and, you know, and, and, and then even uh, tests or, or drills or teaching methodology before you even became a, a leadership or a storm team member, those type of things. And so yeah, I, I that's kind of my evolution where – I didn't have staff, and then I had to create um, the the storm team. I heard about storm team years and years and years ago. I'm sure it was through Natma. I'm sure it was through John Graydon, you know, at the time. So you got the uh, you got the loud keyboard again. I got you? it. My other one burned out again. I'm sorry about that. I was just typing to everyone <laughs> to uh, to share our our call so that people will will uh, listen to us. But I apologize. I'll have to mute it That's from okay. that when that happens. <laughs> My other one burned no, down in a lightning storm. Oh, did it? Yeah. So, uh, so I'm back to my old one. So, you know, I, I heard about, and I, I gosh, I, like I was saying, I'm thinking it, went, it was probably John Graydon and Natma that I heard about the Storm Team, the special team of role models, and I liked that idea. I mean, uh, I, since now, you know, I use the uh, uh, Century uh, patch right. and everything for the Storm right. Team type thing. So, um, anyhow... When I was doing it, whatever I was, whatever I saw happen out on the floor that needed to be fixed, I was really good at teaching while I was teaching. So I was teaching mm-hmm. these these uh, helpers, if you will, uh, how to teach while I was teaching, and and uh, that worked out well up until a certain point. And then we got into a position where you know some of these people were then now becoming instructors because I needed I needed paid people. Um, And so every week I would have a staff meeting because that's what the industry told you to do. So every week I was having a staff meeting not knowing, well, what should I teach these people in the staff meetings? And and Natma and Maya and and different things, even, uh, you know, when Melody Schumann had Schumann Concepts, there was a lot of good information that was starting to come out. Uh, But the problem was that, I, I, you know, I was still teaching my my staff right, my instructors, my paid people, I was teaching them, I I did what I would call just-in-time learning. So, again, I would see what was happening on the floor. I would would then make a note of it, and we would handle it inside of uh, the the staff meetings. Now, it's not to say that in our staff meetings we, we still don't do some of that, 
we do. But I propose that just like we teach our white belts moving into yellow and orange and on the way up and whatever your system is, I propose that we come up with a, you know, a structured way to actually teach our leadership or stern team members, whatever you call them, to then graduate through these systems in order to become instructors uh, right. with you, and they'll be a much better instructors. And then once we get past that, how do we develop uh, these instructors, not only so that they're really phenomenal uh, instructors, but then so that they can start to manage different aspects of the school because really, you know, what what is the staff there for? The staff is, is really there for to start taking the load off of your shoulders so that you can do things that only you can do. I am when when somebody wants me to come and speak, I am the only one that can come and speak and deliver the message that I've crafted the way that I've crafted it. I can't yeah. send my instructor to go and do that. I, I mean, I could, and they could do it pretty effectively, but it's not me, and they're requesting me. Does that make right. sense? Yeah, yeah, and so, And so in order to free myself up to be able to do those type of things, I need to, and we've talked about this before in other calls, I need to duplicate myself, and I also need to, I need to delegate things. So let's break it down and let's start back at the at the storm team or, or leadership team or uh, I heard uh, I don't know if this is um, ATA or not, but I had met somebody. It was a kid actually who who was I had mentioned something about my storm team and he says, "Oh, we have that." And I think he said ATA because I was doing a uh, a school speech, and at the end he walked up to me and says, "We have a legacy team," and I said, "Well, what's your legacy team?" Because leadership for them is different than their 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 teaching team, like Storm Team is right. for mine. And I said, what's your legacy team? And he said, oh, that's where we learn how to teach. I thought that was a pretty neat saying. I don't yeah. know if that's uh, – and maybe I heard him wrong Who, if it is ATA. But anyhow, um, whatever you call that team or those members, I, I of course I want to go through what we have designed and what we do, but – uh, let me first ask you, like when you first started, your leadership or storm or whatever you call it, were you, did you do it the same way I did? It was kind of like, uh, well, it was an as-need basis and yada, yada, yada. Well, well no, actually, I, I act, well, kind of initially, I mean, I think we all start that way. We're like, you know, we find the student that shows promise and we're like, hey, you teach, you know, you're going to be help us teach. And then can you come in? And I, I still do that to this day. I have a, a few people that I know are my fall two people. Like this coming weekend, I have to go to Binghamton College for a graduation with my fiance Nicole, for her nephew. And my guy who runs the show is all grappling in New Jersey. So I had to call on my leadership team. But what I wanted to say was that um, in the early stages, I would do these mini little courses. And I would do like a 10 week instructor training course. And by the way, some of it was borrowed from, uh, from uh, Mr. Kovar, Sensei Kovar's program. And um, I, I thanked him for this, went out to dinner one time, we were at an event and I said, oh, you know, this really inspired me a lot of your material. Um, but, but what I would do was I would I would get, and I would do this twice to three times a year. I looked at it more like a yoga school teaches 200-hour courses. 
And um, I used to charge big money. I would charge like $795 for the eight weeks for them to learn instructor training. A majority of the people had no desire to teach. They would do the program, though, more as a self-improvement, motivational kind of thing, and just something that they wanted to go through, but they didn't want to teach. But, I mean, I would – it was a big moneymaker for me at the time – but um, then I made it into a program, and now I have what we call our TLCD, Team Leadership Character Development, and ITP, Instructor Training Program, together. And we do that every Saturday morning for an hour um, at uh, 8 to 9 a.m. before the world starts. We're out there doing that program, and then we roll right into classes, and then they all help teach. And then do they, I'm curious, do they just help teach on Saturdays, or do they come in throughout the week? No, those are um, the, the majority of them. I have about like 29 members in the program, right? And by the way, just financially, they pay $50 a month to be in the program. They get a special blue uniform. So all my blue uniforms are the leadership team. So when someone looks out, whether they're in their class uh, doing a regular class, but they're wearing a blue uniform or they're there to help, they're helpers, right? So if I need to call on someone, I look for a blue uniform, right? And if a parent's watching, they go, oh, look at all the helpers that are out there today, you know, because they know that blue uniforms are helpers, right? Um, so, but they will come in during the week and they will help. They'll come in an extra class earlier or they'll stay a little later or they'll be a part of their own class and they help teach within the class. Um, and then they help on Saturdays. So Saturday is virtually a day that I could sit back and not do anything because I have so many leadership team members that just come in at 8 and stay the entire day. So it's it's a big thing. You know, I, I enjoy it. But, uh, hey, listen, I, w before we got online, I had saying to you, like, I'm, I've been doing this for 28 years, and, you know, I've had as many as 26 or 27 full-time employees working for me when I had all my schools, right, when I was – I wanted to be like the, you know, the Warren Buffett of martial arts. And then my mindset changed a little, and I kind of started to sell off schools, close down schools, and I limited it to my two schools that I have now, and that's it. I don't want to – people have asked me, hey, would you like to open up another? I'm like, you know what? I don't think I want to anymore right now. I'm happy where I'm at. But um, the most frustrating thing, Dwayne, and this is – I don't know what you have to think about this, but it's like, you know, I you teach someone, you grow them, you train them. They're with you for years and years and years and years, and then – you hope that they'll you'll launch them on the world and they'll make your job you know easier and boom they're off they they went to college they then they're they're doing psychology or they're they're accountants and lawyers and they have no i no desire and I feel like sometimes that's the frustrating part we end up not wasting because we didn't waste that time they were around helping us then but it, it kind of seems like futile in a way uh, you know like that process so w what do you think about that. <sighs> Uh, I got a, I, I got a lot that I think about with that, and I, I guess the short answer would be I assume some of that responsibility, but not all of it. And so I guess what I can say is, you know, part of the reason that they don't want to maybe move forward with it is I have not done a good enough job painting the picture for them getting them to see that, you know, this is a viable business that they can do, um, that not only can they make, you know, a decent living at doing or even a great living doing it, but then on top of that, they're going to uh, have a lot of needs fulfilled because not that being an accountant isn't something that's, that we need, but I don't know that you can leave every single night that you're done, uh, you know, counting the, somebody else's money or whatever knowing that you have made like a, a, a really big impact on somebody's life. Well, it's not to say that you can't make an impact with your coworkers and stuff because you definitely can. 
Um, but isn't that but, isn't that like society is against us in a way? Like you know, like a parent is going do martial arts, but you make sure you get good grades in school so you could go to a good school, good college, oh, and sure, have have a real sure. job. So no matter no matter what, like you know, I had a few parents that said to their kid, "Well, you need to get a real job," and they said like she on Alley, they're like, "No, no, a real job." He goes like. What do you mean? He, he owns all this real estate. He's written books. He's successful. He makes a lot of money. Well, yeah, he's he's the you know the, he's an anomaly. He's not. That's not what normally happens, right? So I mean, isn't it weird? Um, yeah, it's just odd. I mean, I think that we need. You're right. We have to paint that picture enough where people say, "Hey, listen, if I love this, I could do it." Yeah. So I think that's the first problem. The second problem is that we. Um, don't have a concrete way to get them from point A to B to C to D, meaning from their first day on storm team, like that's what we call our, you know, our helpers. Yeah. Uh, so first day on storm team to then get them to first day as paid instructor to right. then get them to, you know, first day as, you know, head instructor for the next studio. And right. if you don't open up the next studio, they never see. And it, see, that's where I, I think I've failed my people, where I've talked about for probably the last seven years about opening up a studio and never right. did it and never hmm. did it. Um, and one of my main guys uh, left thought, this isn't what I want to do, and then came back about six months later and says, yes, this is what I want to do. Mm. Well, I'm not saying I'm wrong in this. I I was hesitant. He's been with me for a, about a year now. And, you know, one, as I said, Tim, when you left, I, I took that money and I, I got in the kitchen. I said, so we're yeah. going to need to get some more students in and, and, and save up money. But two, I was stalling because I wanted to see where he was at. Is he going to leave again? That type of thing, right? And so through all of that, there was some discouraging things that happened for him. He didn't see movement. Um, I didn't communicate with him exactly what I was looking for or gave some concrete things. And right. partly because I didn't, I didn't know, right? Uh -huh. I didn't know. And so to be able to communicate that to him, I wasn't able to do because I didn't really just sit down and think about it. I, I should have just sat down and think, thought about it. So what has happened since then is he, he's told me that, uh, you know what, I, I, I no longer want to do this, and I'm going to go back to school. He's already got two years of college done. He's going to go finish off another two years and become yeah. a school teacher. Um, now, you know, maybe maybe that's, you know, protection from from God saying, you know, this wasn't supposed to happen anyways. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because in the long run, it wouldn't have worked, maybe. Um, but I do have another gentleman who told me a year ago that this is what he wants to do. So right. now we're prepping him. And come September, we're going to, we're going to, and I talked to you about it, we're going to start out small and, you know, build it up. But I'm going to move forward with that because that's exactly what the rest of my staff needs to see. Yeah. Um, and also my storm team members need to see that. So that's obviously later on. Let's, let's pull back and look at, you know, storm team or you call them your leadership team, right? Yeah. You know, those, those individuals, uh, let me kind of maybe paint the picture of what we do. You kind of say what you do and then we'll move mm -hmm. forward with that. So one for me is they, they have to be, um, 
a, a red belt in my system. So that means that they've been with me for uh, two years. Right. Before I will allow them to be in uh, Storm Team. The other thing is with regards to Storm Team is I only I only uh, allow people to fill out the application that have asked about it. Right. If they have never asked, I don't allow. Now, back up. For leadership, we offer leadership to almost everybody. So that's an upgrade program, right? Almost everybody gets the opportunity to get into leadership. Once you're in a leadership, and the, and the soonest you can get into leadership for me is a year within my program. So you don't get upgraded okay. for a year. Okay. Then another year goes by and you're a red belt, and the opportunity for a storm team is there for people that have kind of said, hey, what about this, or how do I get into that? Right. Then I give them the application, and there's a process that they have to go through. They have to abide by the rules. Um, there's strikes and everything. they got to come to everything, you know, all those things. We meet uh, once a month for an hour um, on a Friday. It's the first Friday of every month as we do our scrim team meeting. But every week they have to do at least um, – we call it clinical time, but they have to do at least one class. They have to assist uh-huh. in one class per week. Most of them come twice a week. So they will do, you know, the same class on Monday that they'll do on, on, on Wednesday. But but the – the uh, and I used to let them pick, you know, hey, what works best in your schedule, yada, yada, yada. That's not the case anymore. Now that I've restructured it, they have to come in and help out with the beginner's class. Right. Because – Alongside of them learning um, the the, uh, the curriculum, I want them teaching that same age group. So what I did was we have uh, – I wonder if I had it right here in front of me. We have uh, – I don't know if it's here. I'll probably find it later when we're done. We have eight skill stripes in our beginner class. And I'm sorry, I'm just trying to look for it real quick. Yeah. But we have eight – Eight skill stripes that are in our beginner class. I thought I had it sitting. Oh, you know what? It's on my desk at the studio. That's where I'm remembering it's at. Um, so eight skill stripes. So white belt has eight different uh, different skill stripes, and I broke them up over three different months. So let's just say the first two skill stripes, uh, the next three, and then the the the, the next two, whatever it is. I right. I, I know what I messed up on uh, with my counting, but but anyhow, I broke them up over three months. I shot videos on. Each of them. So with 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 one stripe, I shot a uh, you know a video on, on on what the requirement is, how you teach it, what do I expect as a teacher, you know, and then the pitfalls. Like what? Okay, when you're teaching the attention or when you're teaching bowing, right? We want them to bow at the waist and also the elbow, and their face is going to be looking down. They're not looking forward. Those type of things. And then I created tests to go along with them. And so. They they have to uh, uh, every month they have a test on that video, and it takes them three months because there's three different videos for white belt. Takes them three months to get through all the white belt information. Also, what overlays that that quarter is a mental um, uh, a mental lesson. So like their first mental lesson is the four rules uh, of uh, of teaching overview. So. Uh, they have to uh, – it's explanation, demonstration, uh, cor- correction, and then repetition. Um, so that whole quarter, that's what that that uh, theme is. Just, you know, one, they got to learn how to teach the moves for white belt. But then, two, they have to know 
that when you teach something, you explain it first, you demonstrate it second, you correct what needs to be corrected, and then repetition, that type of right, thing. Right, right. And that's and so the mental lesson has a practice test. Every single month has practice tests. And then at the end of the quarter, they have the real test. And they can take those practice tests over and over and over and over and over. And, and the nice thing about the system that it'll, uh, it'll rearrange the, uh, the, um, the question and it also rearranges the answers so they're never in the same format. Okay. You know? Uh, and then, and then when they go to take the real test, they only get one chance and they have to get 90% or above in order to then move to yellow belts. And so my, my beginner class is a nine month class. It, so, it, but, and so therefore my, um, my, uh, my storm team, all the beginner information is a nine month class. They have to get through all of that. And so then once they've done the first quarter and they've done the white belt, they take the test. Now they graduate, they go to the yellow belt. They do the same thing. After three months, they take the yellow belt. After that, they do the orange belt. And then I have a, one major test that covers all of the white, yellow, and orange. They have to pass all that um, and, and uh, get 90% on all of that. And then they get a uh, – so they have this patch, right? They have the, the storm team patch. Underneath yeah. it, I'll put a white, a white chevron underneath. That means that they can teach beginners. Right. So, so now so they that's move to intermediate. And then they have to move into the intermediate class and start helping with the intermediate class. And so now they're learning the material for intermediate while they're helping to teach intermediate as well. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. And then so I, on and so forth. I, I love what you're saying, and I, um, I, I have a very similar mindset, right? So let, let's take the martial arts out of this. If we were to go into the medical field, right, there are certain levels of whether it be um, a chiropractor versus an acupuncturist versus a general practitioner versus a surgeon versus an anesthesiologist. There are all different phases of these medical industries, and you have to have specific licensing in order to do those specialization fields. We tend to not do that, and I think that that's important for us. we we got to kind of almost get out of the mindset, and I think the Brazilian jiu-jitsu community did this a little bit, where an instructor doesn't necessarily have to be a black belt. Like, cause you, Listen, a black belt is a black belt. You throw it on a white belt and people would go oh okay sensei and bow and people would feel like they're in good hands because ethically a black belt should be x y and z of quality right um but mm -hmm. why don't we do phases in in our instructor level so like you said like uh, at like let's say phase one uh you you might have had to go through white belt test yellow level. green and then that phase one instructor is a green belt let's say and they could teach um white beginner and yellow because they can teach all the above ranks up in, you know, of course not their own rank until they get to phase two, which might be white, yellow, green, blue, purple, right? And they can teach, if they're a brown belt, and then when they get their black belt, they're a phase three instructor, they can teach anything from black belt and below. And that way we also know the quality, the, the experience level, the timing, but you don't need like that for elementary school, you don't need to be a professor um, and have like, you know, your advanced degree in teaching to teach elementary school. And, and there are different levels of education in order to be certain levels of teacher, right? So we should kind of adapt that a little bit more in our industry because I think we put too much essence and we wait around too long to have an instructor. Like, for example, I have an instructor right now. He, he's a black belt in Kung Fu and MMA, um, but, uh, but he's only a green belt with me. But I gave him a green belt with a black stripe down the middle and he teaches for me full time. 
Um, and he's a great instructor. And parents don't even question it. When he first came on board, I had the, you know, the muckety-mucks going, oh, but he's only a green belt, you know, and how's he going to teach my kid? He's a brown belt. I said, don't worry, he'll teach him in all of his specialty areas. He'll show your kid how to be better at those things. We will handle all the special things that you want for the higher-ranking stuff, Ranchi Ryan, my other black belt, and myself. So it's interesting um, at how we, we don't do that, right? But you seem to be doing that, uh, you know, with your storm team. Yeah, and, and, and so here's the other thing is I needed my staff to um, get involved. So my current individuals that are, that are paid instructors, I needed them to get involved with this. So what I've done is I've taken – one, they're, they're going through them. They're going through them, watching the videos, and taking the tests because I need right. them to make sure that they know. But right. two, um, I have one of them who is writing the written tests out. So I shoot the videos, um, and then I, I once I shoot the videos, I give the link to Master Bean, my head instructor. He actually puts them into the Spark University because that's where uh -huh. the videos are hosted, right, right. through our Spark program. Um, and, and then my other instructor – uh, he he will watch the videos and then watch me explain something, pause it, and write a question with, like, two or three different possibilities for the answers, highlight right. that answer, and, and then and then go to the – hit play. And then – so I'm not doing all the work. They're getting – my top two guys are getting the reinforcement of right. what's going on. Um, so they're involved. They feel – you know, uh, they feel uh, uh, a part of it, yeah. which is important because we need them, Our we need all of our people, but especially our key people to, and they are a part, but I need them right. to feel yeah. a part of it, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. So they have actions that they're doing to help me create this. Now, I, I've only uh, gotten up to the the beginner level done. We started this process back in September. So that September, October, November, December, January, February, March, April, May, which is nine months, now my, my beginner class is all done. And I've got people right. that, at, that are at the end of this month will be storm team members that will be, test, will be testing on the beginner information to pass to go into the intermediate. So this first group, this group that I have currently, I'm building it along with them. Right. So as they're going through it. Because, you know, five years, four years, whatever the program is, three years, whatever the program is, it's going to take me, it's going to take, uh, I, I plan on being in business that long anyway, so I might as well just start the process now and just slowly build it rather than taking, you know, three weeks or four weeks and trying to build it. But yeah. I, I don't have kind of that kind of time, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm just building as, as it's going, but I have my staff involved along with it. And then um, – I had the the the, uh, the storm team that are taking the test. I said, "Hey, if you see something that's misspelled or like you're reading it and it really doesn't make sense, I want you to make a note of it and let us know so that we can change it to make it make more sense." So they're proofreading everything as we're doing it, and then I just give that information back to my instructor that's putting in the quizzes so that he can correct it to make it more more clarified. If that makes sense. Yeah, it totally does. Um, so here, here's the thing. So I'm going I'm to be the devil's advocate, but I'm going to be Mr. Negative now, right? So you're going to be Mr. Positive. Sometimes we reverse roles, right? You know, but um, 
So I've been doing this for a long time, 28 years, right? I've had as many as 11, 12 schools at one point, I think, worldwide, right? Now I'm down to two. I'm happy with the two that I have. I had a school recently in Florida that I uh, was involved with a partner. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it, I put a lot of time and effort into it and, uh, you know, every week doing coaching calls. And what I find is that, and here's something that maybe you can incorporate because you're going to start going out into that crazy world of having multiple locations. Um, and, uh, you know, so maybe we need to have an aptitude test of some sort where someone comes in and they said, hey, I'd love to teach. And you go, well, I don't know. You're pretty, you're dumb as a rock. I, I can't have you teach. You know, like you're, you're you know, you, you don't have, you physically, you're out of shape and you're so uncoordinated. You trip every time you make them, you know, you do a move. You know what I mean? So we have to have some sort of level of competency that we put our, our clientele, our students through to make sure they're going to represent us in a way. Now, listen, everybody could learn. And I have to be honest, my guy that's running my schools right now for me, he's my next in command. Um, I would have never thought, and this has nothing to do with him, I just would have never thought he would have been the guy that's with me right now. Um, he was talented, he was dedicated, but he was young when he came to me. He was like 15 years old, he, he trained day and night. Um, uh, you know, it was just, I just never, he never stood out to me as that, that like, I saw him being the next guy that's going to take over. And he's literally going to inherit my schools from me. Um, and, and, you know, if he sticks with this and stays with it, he's going to be the one that I just say, hey, it's all yours, um, because my daughter has no desire um, to, to help run the businesses, be involved in the businesses in any way, shape, or form, which breaks my heart, but at the same time, I get it. She's, she's into fashion. She doesn't want to run martial arts schools. So um, anyway, long story short, how do we get that test out there? How do we check a level of competency? How do we make sure that they have the entrepreneurial spirit or – are they just an instructor and we need to hire a program manager or a manager to run the school or, you know, how to, that's a question. Well, but see, I think that's where, um, you're, you're right. Some people are just instructors. Right. I get that. Um, okay. So Mr. Bean, Mr. Bean started with me when he was 11. He's 30 now. He started working for me when he was 15 as a paid instructor. Okay. Okay. When he graduated, uh, college with his um, uh, two-year degree, he uh, then started working for me full-time right? as my head instructor, right? I would have not, I would not have, he's, he is not me. He is not as animated and all over the floor and energized and everything like I am when I teach. Right. And when I get off the floor, I'm exhausted. And it's yeah. not to say that he isn't, but Mr. Bean is so even keel. I mean, he is he's a machine. Right. I would not have I would not have picked him. And right. I had reserves. I honestly had reserves way back when when I was gonna do the transition and have him be the head instructor. Right. And I would say that it's one of the, if not the best decisions that I've ever made. Yeah. One with him being so even keel, he evens me out. Because when I'm yeah. when I'm like sky high or sky low, you know, really low, he's yeah. just always steady. The second yeah. thing is, and this just started this year, he decided uh, that he would like our staff meetings to uh, hit more points throughout the whole thing. We always start our staff meetings with a Bible study, and then we move into different areas and stuff like that. Well, 
sometimes I can go a little bit long. I'm a little long-winded, um, especially when it comes to scripture. So I can go a little bit longer and yeah, yeah. Uh, and elaborate. So he 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 first created a structure, and then presented to me. He said, "Hey, I, I was wondering if we could do this, and here's why." I'm like, "My gosh, this is beautiful." Yeah. And I said, "Well, I'd like to. I think I'd like to take it a step further." And he goes, well, "What do you mean?" I said, "I think I'd like you to start taking over and start doing the staff meetings, especially since we're going to open up another location. I won't always be available, and right. you're going to need to take the reins and start doing that." So since he started doing it, I've seen actually participation from some individuals that I didn't see participating in answering the questions like when I was running the meetings. And I said something to him about that, and he goes, well, that's because I asked the question and I make everybody have an answer. Everybody has to come back with an answer. Right. And I'm like, he's right. I mean, that's what needed to happen. And these people were giving some good feedback that sometimes would just stay quiet because that's just their nature. What I needed from him when is the the system, the dogmatic way of following, and but I'm not that person. Like right. I, I'm so I don't want to say creative. Creative is not the right word. I'm I'm not even ADD, but it's, I'm just so fluid that that structure doesn't work for me. Yeah. But in order for me to develop the studio that I want to develop and develop the people that I want to develop, I need somebody like that. And I had to step back and go, you know what? This is what I need. And not have my ego hurt. Does yeah. that make sense? No, it totally does. Like, I, I have to say that sometimes our ego is our biggest um, downfall. And, and I don't mean ego in a bad way. Uh, let's use ego as, as the id concept, right? It's us. It's who we are. Uh, ego is sometimes looked at as, like, cocky and a bad attitude. But sometimes ego is just connection to the belief system that you have. So, like, for example, sometimes – and I have to say more than sometimes I – watch my guy Ryan and um and I'm go in my head I'm going no 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 shut it down take over don't let him do it do it your way and then I just pull back and take a breath and and then I see it and I go like wow that was a pretty good idea like you know it was that was really cool how he switched that up and, and you know he and it's interesting because now he's 32 years old he's been with me for 16 plus years right um, and, uh, I'm watching him come into his own, you know, and yeah. it's weird though, Dwayne, it's, it's, it's interesting. I don't know if he ever listens to these calls either, but if he does, he'll hear this. And, uh, it's weird because we're just starting to talk more on a like man to man level where he's like, Oh, Hey, Shan, how you do, how you doing this week? And what'd you do? You know, now, he would never, cause I was always his sensei, you know, and sometimes he's like, uh, you know, hey, uh, you know, what do you think about this? Or I'll ask him, and he'll go, just let it go, you know, Shan, don't let it bother you. And I'm going, okay. You know, like, um, now he's starting to kind of, we're working at kind of like a more closer level of understanding. So when you give them that that permission to be amazing without having your thumb on them sometimes, and not intentionally, sometimes we want to teach, we want to do, we want to show, and we're kind of yes. shutting out those lessons of some of the newer, younger generation innovation, the way they were grown up, that et cetera, et cetera, right? So uh, it's hard, right? Isn't it hard to pull back sometimes and kind of take that breath and let them have more freedom? But you got to watch that they don't run off and they're doing something totally different because it could easily mutate before you know it. 
It could, but I, like we had, you know, through Spark, you know, we, you, you, how they can do those class reviews. You remember, you know, how yeah, we, you can yeah. set up those class reviews. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so we had a uh, we had a class. Somebody did a class review. Um, it was not a five star review, and there was some hurt feelings inside of that review. Well, right. she was really she was talking about Mr. Bean. That's what it was. Okay. She was talking about Mr. Bean. So uh, he took it. He, on his own accord, he took it because he knew that I was going to basically say, you know, well, you're going to have to talk to her. Like, you're going to have to address this situation. I'd like to be in the room just to kind of help, but you're going to have to address this situation. So he took it, right? Yeah. And then he, he put her first statement and then his rebuttal underneath. Her second statement, okay. her complaint, and his rebuttal underneath. And that was growth for him. And then as we went through that, I said, you know, I like what you're saying, but I think maybe it could be tampered and, and altered this way so that it's not – what you're saying is right. Right. But I don't know if you were to say it that direct. Right. That it's going to be caught in a manner that you want it to be caught. So what if yeah, you yeah, were yeah. to change it to this? So all I did was kind of help craft that a little bit. But that was growth, right? I'm a yeah, yeah. instructor. One, <laughs> I sat there and watched this. I, one, uh, one of my female instructors, this, this lady, I don't know what the heck was wrong with her that day, but she went off and was like loudly, being very loud to my instructor. And I watched mm-hmm. her. She was, she was 17 years old and she yeah. handled that so beautifully and, and de-escalated the situation and then walked away. And she looked at me and she's, she's like, you know, did one of these things, uh, did I do okay, yeah. you know? And I pulled her, pulled her in my office, and I said, what you did was perfect. She goes, I was waiting for you to help me. I said, that's why I didn't help you. I said, right, you right, needed right. to learn how to handle that situation, you know? Yeah. And then at the staff meeting, of course, we brought it up and how that went down and those type of things. So we do, we do have to, um, we do have to let them step on their toes and then learn how to, uh, to grow. Isn't that what we do with our own kids anyways? At least that we yeah, should yeah. be. You know, it's funny, dude, that you said that because I, my daughter's going to be 20 this year and she's like my little baby. Like she's still going to be my little baby always. Right. You know, and I find myself, I swear to God, she like, she rolls her eyes. She gets frustrated. You know, she's on her own in college. I'm like, are you going to make sure you finish your whole meal? You know, uh, you know, hurry up. Come on, eat. Stop talking. Put your phone down. You know, come on, have some more to drink. I'm like, she's like, I'm freaking 19. Stop telling me how to, how to do stupid stuff. You know, like, and her mom and I do that. And it's because we love her so much. But at the same time, you got to sometimes break free. So like we do with our children, we kind of say, let them do it on their own. It's hard to do sometimes. And we say, one thing people don't understand, I just had a parent, I know I don't want to go off quickly, I'll go off on a tangent, but uh, a parent just took their kid out of the school because they're too busy with safety, swim, uh, soccer, baseball, all this other stuff. And um, as they were leaving, uh, as they were leaving, the kid goes, I said, hey, buddy, I'm sorry, I'll see you soon one day. And he's like, we quit, we're never coming back. This is from a five-year-old. So you know the parent kind of primed him up to let him know. And and I said to myself, like, and one of the moms looked at me and says, don't even let it bother you. And I said, yeah, but it's really hurtful because we get attached to those children. They become like our children. We see their growth as our growth. We see their progression as our progression. We see their training as part of an extension of who we are. And when they say things like that or do things like that or just like, you're done, you're out of our lives, you know, after you spent a year and a half nurturing that kid three days a week, helping them, talking to them, motivating them, and boom, 
they're out, right? So it's kind of a tough thing. That's why the ego gets in the way sometimes with us as school owners and, and so on. So anyway, it is. I, you go. Well, and I was going to answer. I know you said you, you told him that we. Were oh yeah, I was, I was just going to ask. Had, did you want to answer that that question? Yeah. So the question is, uh, it says, you know, how do you develop the same care and desire in your team to make the school the very best? You know, in most cases, in any small business, you're you're. Uh, your workers never care as much about the school as as the owner. You know, it's 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 your pride, right? You know that type of thing. So, uh, basically, uh, one I would say that even with Master Bean, I know he cares about the studio, but there's no way that he can care about it the same that I I care about it because it's right. mine. Exactly. So unless you're going to uh, divide up the shares. I don't know that they could ever care about it as much as you. Um, now, that being said, it doesn't mean that you can't orchestrate some things to make that happen. So, number one, obviously, I, I, I said that I don't let people on the Storm team that haven't asked about it to begin with. So, they first have to inquire about being, you know, a helper. So, that narrows that down dramatically. And it's not to say that we don't have some Storm team people that don't turn out or that uh, turn out to be the wrong person because that that happens on occasion, but it's it's fewer and far between because they've already asked to be on the team. And there's strikes to get them off the team if they don't follow the rules. So then that gives me the pick of the litter to then offer a paid instructor's position before they even, you know, get there. Right. So I've already I'm already – light years ahead of a typical small business that has to hire from without or from outside rather than from yeah. within. Then from there, getting them to understand the type of business that you are in, the the service slash relationship business. Yes, we're teaching karate, but what we're doing is we're, we are doing it through creating uh, uh, relationships with this particular service. Yeah, and getting them to understand those type of things. Like, so for instance, there's a concept that we teach every single year. It's in our it's in our curriculum every single year for instructors, uh, and it's about see what needs to be done and do it. Right. When when even if it isn't your job and you see something that needs to be done, you do it. The other thing is the other concept is uh, that we teach is the fact that we expect you to make mistakes, and we want you to make mistakes quick. And learn from them quickly. If you, uh, what we don't tolerate as an instructor is that you see something that needs to be done and you do something, that's a problem. I would rather mm-hmm. you see something that needs to be done and, and do it. Your, your decision was incorrect, meaning that you did the wrong action. But we can always correct that. What I cannot correct is somebody that won't take action. Right. And so I let them know I expect them to make mistakes. I expect them to uh, own up to those mistakes and be willing to apologize to other people if need be. That's part. That's a prerequisite. They have to be able to do those type of things. Right, right. Um, you know, and obviously if they decide not to, then they're going to get a strike against them and they won't be working for me very long. Um, so I – but – but getting them to understand the nature of the business that you're in I think is the, the – the first importance and that there is no ego. The other thing we talk about that has to be as an instructor is you're willing to take constructive criticism from other instructors, whether they've been there longer than you or haven't been there longer than you. 
Right. Um, and then the other concept that they have to be willing to do is watching each other's back. So, for instance, we have quadrants on our floor. And the reason I call them quadrants is let's just generically talk about a warm-up. If you have 12 people on the floor, right, and, and so you have three in the first upper right-hand quadrant, three in the next upper left-hand quadrant, and then three in the bottom, you know, quadrant, and then the other three in the other bottom quadrant, you have, you have 12 people out on the floor. And let's just say for this purpose, you have one person that's running the warm-up, and you have four more instructors. Those other right. four instructors ha each have a quadrant. We got this, the, the idea that you got to watch each other's back is maybe you're in the second quadrant and you're dealing with the person that's on the far left-hand side. But I'm in the first quadrant and I see that the, the, the third person in your quadrant is doing something wrong, but you're not seeing it because you're really, your attention's drawn to that one person, but I see it. Yeah. I need to go over and take care of that. Even though they're not in my quadrant, I would just say, oh, hey, Johnny, you got to do it this way. It looks like this, blah, 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 yeah. blah. And then I come back to my quadrant. You have to be okay enough to know that I did that to watch your back. It wasn't because you suck as an instructor or – so there, there are some primary things that my instructors have to agree upon inside of their instructor's agreement, and those concepts are laid out. Uh-huh. Um, and, and I think that that takes care of a lot of issues, that we are all on the same team for the same goal. The other thing is, if you have a creed, instructor's creed, or even, you know, you have a motto for your own school, what you stand for, everybody's got to be on the same page with that creed and or motto. Okay. Does that kind of answer that question? Yeah, I think it does to some extent. I think that there are also some other things that we could say. Like, I, I you know, when you, you said a few things that I thought was interesting, like you said um, – Unless the person has shares, meaning like they have ownership in your school, actual physical ownership, they're never going to really be as like be as connected to it as us. However, um, you know, th this is an interesting concept, too, because we we have to kind of understand as well that there are certain levels of commitment. Right. So somebody might be totally I'll give you an example on once I once I had a student who was a brain surgeon. Right. And uh, I used to rate my students A, B, and C. A students would come all the time, do everything we did. B students, some of the time, did some of the things we did. C students kind of did what they did. And I was always writing this guy letters. Hey, you know, you got to step it up, you know, try to come more often, you know, but motivating him positively. And then one day he said, I'd like to have a meeting with you. I'm like excited to you meet him because he's going to step it up. And he says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to discontinue after, uh, you know, this month, the renewal. And I said, why? Are you not having fun? He says, oh, I'm having a blast. I said, I'm confused. Why are you quitting? He says, because um, it seems that you're not unhappy with my level of commitment and that you're not happy with the way I'm training. And I don't want to disappoint you. Maybe I'll just go to another school where they only want me. They don't care if I come once a week. And I, and I, I had an epiphany where I'm like, oh, my goodness, this is interesting because he felt like an A student because he, all he could commit because he's a brain surgeon one day a week. And if he made that one day a week, man, that he was killing it. Right. And I was thinking he's a slacker. And really, in reality, we had two different ideas. So we have to make sure that we're careful when we hire someone and at what level or we judge them based on their performance. 
to what level do they really want to be here? Are, are they ever going to be like you and I, where we leave the door, we lock the door, and we jump in the car, and we're thinking martial arts on the way home? Where, you know, I, I just recently am reading Howard Stern's new book, and he, it's a series of interviews, and he talks to people like Jerry Seinfeld and, and all of his interviews that he's done on his radio show. And Seinfeld says that he doesn't really enjoy much because everything is about work. And they said, well, why don't you shut down? He says, I can't shut down because everything I see is work. He says, if someone, a waiter trips and falls, it's a joke to me. If someone says something funny, it's a joke. I'm writing it down. It's my next comedy routine. He says, I'm tortured with my, my genius. He didn't say genius, but he's tortured with his skill to be a comedian. Everything he's on 24-7. So are we. Like nothing... Yeah. Nothing I do, I could be at like, a, I don't know, a clinic on yoga, and I'm going, I could use that stuff in the martial arts. In fact, that just happened to me the other day. I forget what it was. And I told Nicole, I go, I'm going to do this in the dojo. I'm going to take that concept, and I'm going to do it in the dojo. If she, Nicole, if you're listening and you remember what that was, remind me, because I forgot. <laughs> um, but I thought it was an well, idea my, that could really work. My mom always said to me, you know, you can take the, 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 uh, the boy out of the business, but you can't take the business out of the boy. Yeah, so and so I'm thinking about it 24/7. Yeah, so back to Rick uh, Sifu Kellerman's question, um, we can have an amazing team, but they may not be uh, a replica of Sifu Rick Kellerman or or you know yourself, Sabinum um, Brummett or you know Shian Ali, um, but they're going to be amazing, right? Where other people would look at them and go, "Wow, they're amazing," you know, and we want them to be amazing on their own, but they might not. They're going to be mini carbon copies of us because we've taught them. However, they're not oh, going to be exact, exactly like us. And we also have to say, okay, well, I'm the number one chef, and if I make the meal delicious, but I go out to a restaurant now, I cook a lot. And, and I'm like, I judge every meal that, that I'm eating in a restaurant about whether it's as good as my own concoctions that I make up. So it's, it's not as fun anymore because like, I don't enjoy food as much because I'm, I'm a decent cook. So, but at the same time, we have to be really careful that we don't do that to our team, right? We have to let them be their own, and, and we want to get them to a level of expertise, but not compare them to us, and we have to look like if it's 90%, that's good enough, right? 80%, that's still good enough because it's way above the 40% or schools or the 30% schools. That I was going to say, yeah, I decided a long time ago that if I could get my instructors to teach 80% to what I feel that I can do, uh, right. I know that sounds haughty, but if I can get them at 80%, then I've done my job. And then I figure that the other 20% is, is really for them to create for themselves. And I think, like, with, with uh, you know, my head instructor, Mr. Bean, he's done that. He has totally yeah. done that. I, I remember when, and this was years ago, we, we had a, a gentleman in a wheelchair. He, he wanted to do martial arts. And we, we, there's no way we could do it inside our classroom. We had to do private lessons. Right. Um, so I specifically put Mr. Bean with him because Mr. Bean is such a machine that I needed him to have to articulate and figure out different things. Not that he isn't smart, but I needed him to use his brain more than his bronze, if that makes right. sense. Yeah. Right? And so uh, it was uh, really, really interesting and, and, and you know, now this guy, let's see, gosh, he has been with us, let's see, four, six, nine, 13 years. Wow. Mr. Bean has been teaching him for 13 years. That's amazing. And, and I can't tell you how much, and I told Bean that. 
I told him in the beginning, I said, I'm, I'm going to put you with Andy. And here's why I'm putting you with Andy. Two reasons. Number one, I honestly don't have time. Uh, I'd like to have time, but I don't have time. Yeah. I said, yeah. number two, though, the main reason is because I, you are, are, are physically such a machine that I, I need you to have to uh, challenge yourself in these other areas, you know, to be, mm-hmm. be able to explain the movements and work with somebody that can't, you know, uh, do what you're doing at a level that you're doing it, those type of things. So uh, it, was, it was beautiful. That's awesome. I, I love that. And, and I know you're thinking, I know you're going to open up a, another location soon and you're going to be running it. So um, I wish you all the best of luck. And uh, I just warn you about not putting too much on your plate because, you know, what they say, all work and no play, right? You know, uh, makes uh, Sensei Brummett a, a dull boy. I, I don't know. I, I forget the saying, right? But so just don't o- overdo it. Remember, like, you know, um, you know, that for me, uh, the ultimate goal is to teach, right? And I always thought the more schools I had, the more people I could teach, the more lives I could change. Similar to why we do these these calls, um, we want to help the industry so that each instructor who's listening, no matter what style they teach, they could then become better at what they do, and then they could go out and reach more people in a better way to become better, you know, and we help the world, you know, that way too. So um, I think that that's pretty important. Hey, listen, um. Toby Milroy wrote, blinding flash of obvious, stand up while on long webinars, conference call. Woohoo. Oh, yeah. Did, are you standing, Dwayne? Yeah, I'm standing. Yeah, so so to, Toby is, uh, he likes that. He, he doesn't, because he's always at his desk when he's doing conference calls. So he's sitting. So I bet you he's going to go out and he's going to get a stand-up desk. I hope he does. And I've thought about that as well, too, because it really I does hurt you. Yeah, I had to because my hip was actually hurting me. Yeah, and uh, you know, and so now that I have the stand-up desk, my my hip doesn't uh, hurt unless I'm sitting down too long. So I alternate, but I mostly stand. I had that for my back too, and I get up now and move around. And sometimes when I'm doing coaching calls, I I go outside. And um, one of the calls I did for my lunchtime chat, I actually sat by my pool, which was kind of cool. So, um, you know, it, it's good to. And by the way, isn't that interesting? Let's just use this as an analogy. Um, sitting still, stationary, the same way every single day you end up injuring yourself, right? The same thing with running your business, doing the same thing over and over again without injecting new, exciting changes and, and making things different. You're going to just – you'll disappear, right? You'll end up just fading away. So always try to keep it new and fresh. And um, that's why I love our calls because people tell me all the time, Dwayne, I'm sure you get it too, that you go, oh, you know, thank you. That call was so good. I was so motivated to hear it, um, et cetera, et cetera. And it helped me or it helped – it came at the – you ever hear when they say it came at just the right time? I needed to hear that. And, it's you know, we didn't mean it to be, but it just seems like when people are receptive to listening – they hear more than they ever would have heard in any other way. So, uh, yeah, anyway, so any one of closing statements? We already did our hour. Yeah, I'm just going to quickly say that if you um, kind of decide or know maybe what you want your um, instructors to know when they first become an instructor and then build that into your leadership or storm team, um, type thing. And then from there, obviously, what do you want your instructors to know by the time that they're you? If, right. If that makes sense. And then build it from there. And yeah, uh, don't be overwhelmed that you have to build it all at once. Do like I did with, with regards to my storm team. And, and just 
you know, build it from, from ground up. Start with white belt. This is how a front kick is performed. There's four positions. It's a double blah, yeah. blah. So when you, when you teach it, make sure that you teach it this way and, and they're going to hit with the ball of their foot. And, you know, most people get, you know, position one and two down really good. Uh, three, not so much because what do they do? They actually make contact and drop the foot right. rather than pulling right. it back to the third position yep. and then setting it down. Yep. So go through those pitfalls, record it as you do it, and then just slowly build it. And you know what's funny is my, my videos are not, uh, they're on my iPhone. It's, I don't cut anything. Yeah. Like I don't go back and edit. If I screw something, one of my videos, I, for the, the physical, physical fitness, I talk about that the, the white belt has to do 10 jumping jacks. Then one of my storm team members says, uh, sir, the jumping jacks aren't on the list because they have the, they ha I go, okay. I turned around the camera. I said, all right, well, you know, scratch that. There, there's no jumping jacks in there. So yeah. make sure you look at your, you know, and then I just kept right on going. I, I, I yeah. don't care. It's done. It's good enough. It doesn't have to be perfect. Well, actually, you know, it's interesting. In, in social media, I was just watching someone who, uh, I forget who it was, who's a big, so, oh, I was listening to Gary V, Gary Vanerchuk, uh, on his podcast. And he says, that's the thing that people like better is low production value, more reality based stuff. Um, like there was a show just the other day, I watched 911 and there was a girl, she's like this big influencer and she's like, look at me, I, I have a zit on my face, you know, look, I'm no makeup, hashtag no makeup. And she goes, watch, I'm going to show you how to squeeze it. And she starts squeezing the zit. Oh, and, gosh. And, but, but out, <laughs> out comes this huge caterpillar larva, a maggot. Because she had just been away and she got stung by a bit by a mosquito and it planted larva under her skin. It was just, but her social, she falls down and she passes out and social media accounts are going up and she's getting all these hits and, you know, but realism is what people are looking for. They yeah. want to see real yeah. stuff. So you don't need that high production value. You just need the message to be real, right? You want it to connect to the audience and that's important. So, Dwayne, yep. thanks, man. This is a good topic. I, I always enjoy being on here with you, and um, I, I guess we got to close it up because we're over time. Yeah, we'll see you later. Thanks, guys. Yeah, talk to you soon, and don't forget to watch us or listen to us on iTunes and share this with a friend if you can. Um, you know, uh, you can look us up at School Owner Talks on iTunes, and uh, it'll it'll notify you every time a new post comes out and a new uh, podcast. And, of course, we have the video representation of it here live on Facebook Share it with friends. And also, guys, if you're part of this, share with other school owners to be invited into our group. We're almost at 360 members, I think, at this point right now. Um, we want to try to hit that 500-member mark. So share it with people that you think would benefit from what it is, and then we're, we're growing our following. So, Dwayne, I, I appreciate you, and we'll talk real soon. All right, sir. Bye. Take care, man. Take care, everybody. Bye.